0: this week's episode of the 8160 here on 90.9 The Bridge. It's an exciting week for the show. It's an exciting month for the show. Every July here on the show, we do a series of theme shows. And uh, this year, our our theme is The Concerts That Changed Your Life. And this is week three. The first week we sat down with Amy Farrand of so many different projects from here in Kansas City Music over the years, including currently Amy Farrand and the like. Last week, we sat down with Marty Hilliard of the project called Ebony Tusks. And this week, we're sitting down with Isaac Flynn of the band Hembry. And he'll be joining us via Zoom from Los Angeles, where he currently calls home. And we've got such a great story from Amy last week, or Amy two weeks ago, and Marty last week. Uh, I'm excited to jump in with Isaac this week as he shares with us the concerts that changed his life. Uh, and then next week here on the show we'll have Addie Sartino of the greeting committee. And the week after that, I'm gonna be throwing in my two cents and doing my picks. And then very soon, The Bridge, people from The Bridge are gonna be putting together their lists and sharing them with you. So as that stuff gets ready to roll out on social media, maybe it's something for you to think about. What are the concerts that changed your life? And uh, we're excited to sit down today via Zoom with our friend in Los Angeles, uh, Isaac Flynn, joining us to talk about the concerts that changed his lives and what's happening with Hembury, uh a little bit right now. And uh, we're joining him in his studio, and I can see behind him, I see a Radiohead poster. Is that a Suffian Stevens poster?
1: It's an Austin City Limits Festival okay. poster. And then a, my wife is a graphic designer, so a, a paper company's poster.
0: Nice. Well, thank you for joining us. Um, And to be 100% uh, clear and transparent, we just talked for 90 minutes and haven't started the show yet.
1: We're going to drop the 90 minutes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We've already started the second Zoom call because uh, uh, Isaac's in L.A. We're all in quarantine. We've been in distance for so long. And it's good to catch up with you.
1: Yeah, it felt like we were having a a taco lunch.
0: Yeah, I miss the taco lunches. Uh, There are are many times where – Isaac and I would gather at uh, uh, Taqueria, Mexico, down on Southwest Boulevard, and enjoy tacos and talk shop for two
1: hours. Yeah, uh, we would we would show up, and it would be jam-packed, <laughs> lunch rush, and then two hours later, everyone would, would have cleared out and gone back to do their, whatever people would do at that point in yeah. time. Yeah. And uh, we'd still be sitting there, and they'd still be refilling our drinks. Right, right. Well, Those so you're –
0: you're living in LA now. How, how's LA going? How's your quarantine? Are you in 30 seconds or so? Have you been working on new stuff?
1: Yeah. LA is just like the rest of the world. Pretty strange right now. Did a ton of fun stuff last year, which was great. And went to a bunch of shows and did all kinds of cool stuff. But now, uh, just kind of at home, you know, but uh, thankfully got a nice studio space that I'm in and, and, uh, kind of hiding in here writing new music and if you hear anything in the background i apologize they're doing some construction on my house so that's the nature of the the zoom interview these days though right just like absolutely um, background noises background noises exactly
0: well and you were on tour when this was happening right like you were you were out with the getup kids this this was sort of unraveling
1: we were on tour with the getup kids maybe at the point where people were like have you heard of this virus but nothing had been totally canceled yet but yeah
0: Well, I'm excited to hear your shows. I've seen the list. I'm excited to hear you talk about them. And what's been interesting is to see what kind of music people pick for this list in this conversation. Amy Farrand quite literally had the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Michael Jackson, Paul Simon, Tom Waits, Leonard Cohen. And then Marty's list was a little different. And he had some smaller acts, some rising acts, and then acts that he had personal relationships with locally like the Appleseed cast. Yeah. And then you have a bit of a mix of both and perhaps the first and only of our list involving your parents. (laughs) And so Isaac Flynn, as we sit down to talk with you here on this week's episode of the 8160 on 90.9 The Bridge to talk about the five concerts that change
1: your life, what's number one on your list? So the first concert is John and Jamie Flynn at Worlds of Fun, Summer 96. I think it was called like Family Fun Day or something. And uh, what a day it was for a five-year-old. My aunt flew into town to babysit me during the show. And so my parents played There was a stage out there. I think they used to have some concerts oh. and events and stuff. Yeah. I think it's still there. but I, but They used uh, to have significant concerts out that's there. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. So... My parents were playing not only that, but I was able to like go to worlds of fun and I think I was too scared to ride the roller coasters at, at that age. but at six, yeah. Yeah, so I probably wasn't tall enough either. Don't you Do you have to remember be? much of it? I remember going backstage and they were opening for some band called Avalon. I don't really know what Avalon was or anything, but I just thought the whole like backstage experience was awesome. And uh, that was back in the era when the drummers would have like, you know, 30 pieces on their drum set, you know. So mm-hmm. I grew up playing drums and, and I could have picked any show for my parents, but Worlds of Fun felt like Kansas City. It was a nice tie in. So my mom and dad they played music my entire life and I I basically grew up going to their concerts I have this memory of playing this game where you would try to jump off your friend's diving board someone would call out like say your favorite movie before you land in the pool and and then was like say your favorite band so my friend jumped off and he's like Chumbawamba or something you know third eye blind or whatever and uh, I was like my parents So I just grew up around music and so this show maybe I don't know if it was the like eye-opening like oh this is what I want to do but kind of all encompassing for growing up around music. My parents constantly playing shows. I mean it was kind of like our weekend activity and so it's hard for me to pinpoint a specific moment in my life of being like that's exactly when I wanted to play music or I knew that's what I was going to do. I was almost like just kind of I was kind of born into just doing music my dad owned a music store and he had a studio in our basement and artists were just coming and going all the time i just grew up around it and so i just picked this show solely because the significance is that it was at worlds of fun and when you're like six years old at worlds of fun you're living the dream coincidentally my bandmates alex and austin i think austin realized he wanted to be a musician at worlds of fun also so shout out worlds of fun him worlds of fun but uh I think Austin and Alex did something. I don't remember this, this being part of what you could do there, but they did something where you could, um, they'd film you playing music, like faking it, like karaoke style, and they make a little music video for you. And he said he saw himself playing the drums and he thought he looked cool. So <laughs> but yeah, my parents, man, they, they still do music. They still play. And uh, my dad played in a band in Kansas City called Water Deep. And, oh, and he still plays in a band in Kansas City. Got to shout out our friend, Billy Brimblecombe. My dad has recently joined Summer Breeze nice. as the guitar player.
0: They'll be playing soon out at uh, Town Center on one of their free Thursday night concerts.
1: What's funny, Alex and Austin's dad, Mark, is the same way, and he can also shred. So it's totally our parents' fault that uh, this is the life we've chosen. <laughs>
0: yeah. So we're hanging out this week with uh, Isaac Flynn of the band Hembry. He's talking to us about the concerts that changed his life. The first one on the list is from the summer of 1996. It's his parents playing out at World of Fun. And we're about to play a song from his parents. And how these shows have worked for the, this is the third of four weeks here. The musicians are picking all the songs we're playing. And you sent me a Dropbox file of the song Can Opener.
1: I had to get my old Mac computer out with a CD disc drive. Because they did, these were not archived. This is the first digital copy.
0: Would this be the the radio debut of I'm going to go out
1: on a, on a limb here and say this is the radio debut. I think this of song's 88 or 89. Nine.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I'm happy to debut this song.
1: I am. Okay, I'm happy week. that you're the one doing it. Yeah.
0: So we're gonna hear some music now from John and Jamie Flynn from the one of the concerts that changed Isaac's life. Here is the song Can Opener. Enjoy. Mm-hmm. is music from john and jamie flynn parents of isaac flynn of the band hembry that came out in about 1988 or 1989 recorded in their basement the song was called can opener we played that because we're having a guest on the show this month and this week's guest is isaac of the band hembry and that's his first pick of five concerts that changed his life from worlds of fun the summer of 96 so you grew up in lawrence kansas and played a lot of music in lawrence kansas and this venue, the Lawrence Art Center, shows up on your list a couple of times. Tell us about the second act you picked that played a concert that changed your life.
1: Okay, so the second show I picked, and it's a a pretty well-known Lawrence show. There's a few shows in Lawrence that people talk about. They were historic, they were legendary. Folklore, yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, and this show is one of them. And there's another band on my list. We'll save it because we've got to build some suspense here yes. for good radio. Yes. Uh, that played a, a legendary show at the Jackpot that everyone in Lawrence claims they were at. But we all know that place only held like 250 people. So, right. um, but this show is Wilco at the Lawrence Art Center. It wasn't in the Art Center, it was outside. And that was one of my first dates with my then girlfriend, now wife of, of several years now. But it was uh, Wilco at the Lawrence Art Center. People were listening on their roofs, out on the rooftops. People were Jeff Tweedy was yelling at people for being on the parking garage watching for yeah. free. This uh, is May
0: fourteenth,
1: two thousand and eight. Were you there? I was there. Yes. Oh man, this is before I knew you too. That's crazy.
0: Yeah, and the Lawrence Art Center has done a lot of these concerts in front of it. Uh, I mean, Public Enemies played out there. I think the Mighty Mighty Boston's that played out there. And,
1: and Marty opened, Ebony Tusk opened that Public Enemy show. Oh, did they? Yeah, and, and Approach.
0: Nice. Was, was this the first time that you saw Wilco or Jeff Tweedy?
1: It was, and tying it in with the parents, we all know the dads love Wilco, yes. my dad being one of them. So uh, we ended up getting some free tickets Which was amazing, especially for a 16 year old. You know, I didn't have any money anyway. I think I was the janitor at Mass Street Music at that point in time. So we got some free tickets. It was just like, Lawrence is a great place to grow up in general, but it just felt like kind of magical, like out of a scene of a movie or something, you know. Beautiful night. Like I said, people are just, the streets packed and they just are such a good band for that outdoor vibe anyway. And I just felt, I think I just was so excited to like grow up and live in a place where that was something that that happened, you know, that this pretty, at this point, pretty legendary band rolls through and they play at this non-traditional venue and it's a beautiful night out. And it's that, it's that time of year too, where it's not too hot in Lawrence, you know? Right. Yeah. It was just like a perfect Lawrence evening. One of those nights I look back fondly on my, you know, just upbringing growing up in Lawrence and, and it's definitely a city that takes a lot of pride in being a city that encourages the arts and stuff like that. So,
0: well, Wilco was supposed to be here in Kansas City this week, coincidentally.
1: Oh, wow! And that Where show was that? Got,
0: it was supposed to be at the Midland with Slater King, okay. and oh, it, had, what a it has since been moved to 2021, like everything else. It's Such a huge band and a, a great first time. Whenever you see a band that you love for the first time, that's a special treat. And yeah,
1: I think it sticks out to that to Wilco too because I saw them a couple of years ago at the Midland, and Jeff Tweedy mentioned the parking garage. Really. He mentioned at least the outdoor setting and playing in Lawrence. So it was a pretty pretty special night. I can just picture it so vividly. And I just thought, though, this is... I was so young, I was just starting to play in bands. And, and I was just obsessed with being in a band. I had quit playing baseball. That was my other career path. Baseball or rock and roll. Well, it turns out you have to be even more skilled to <laughs> to make it in that. But... Yeah, I just remember being like, this is it. This is, the, this is the dream, playing outside in the summer and just people, real, just such a positive vibe.
0: Yeah, so A Great Night in Lawrence, a city that we all love and know is filled with so much great music uh, with Wilco on stage, was one of the concerts that changed Isaac Flynn's life. You picked the song, Red-Eyed Blue. Which they cl- uh, played in the encore that night, and I've said before that if any band knows how to put together an encore, it's Wilco.
1: Tell us why you picked uh, "Red Eye and Blue" for us to play here. The that was the album. The being there was the first Wilco album that I like really fell in love with. I could I would drive around and listen to it in my '99 Dodge Durango, and I think I had a, a burned copy of it, as many people did. You know the the era of uh, yes passing the the burn CDs around. I'm sorry, Wilco. I, I've supported you in many other ways <laughs> <laughs> since then, including booking that band in my promoter era. But uh, yeah, so I think I just, I, I fell in love with that album. That song is so magical. Their slow songs are so good. Their, ma- their masters, or Jeff Tweedy is a master of the slow song. I mean, their biggest hits, like Jesus, et cetera, and stuff. Slow yeah. song. I don't know, something about Seeing that song outside, again, sun's gone down, people are singing along, just such a positive vibe that, that would feel really nice right about now. <laughs> yes. Even for, for a sad song, but. Uh, Let's play some music for
0: everybody from uh, Isaac Flynn's of the band Hembry. Music from Wilco, sharing some nostalgia stories from May 14th, 2008. We're gonna play the song Red Eye and Blue from Being There. Here it is. <coughs>
2: Solid state technology, tips on the floor, some songs we can't afford to play. When we came here today, all I wanted to say is how much I miss you. and cotton balls and some drugs we can't afford on the way but when we came here today I felt something true but now I
0: Is music from Wilco. The song is called Red Eye and Blue from Being There, one of Isaac Flynn's picks for one of the concerts that changed his life. That was back at the Lawrence Arts Center on May 14th, 2008. We're hanging out with Isaac on a Zoom call as he's in LA and I'm in my dining room here in Kansas City.
1: But it's kind of like we're in the same place. We're just kind in, a, of, in a house. <laughs> yes, yeah, just a really <laughs> weird
0: house with microphones. Exactly. What's the number three pick on your list of five
1: concerts that changed your life? The third show I selected, which it sounds like you were also at. Yes. I think I had to leave the city to get a show that you weren't at on my (laughs) list. Um, The third show is Arcade Fire at Starlight for 2011. And the fun fact on this show, I feel like I'm getting a little double bonus here, is that the National opened. Yes, they did. And that was the first time I really had heard of the National. I think maybe Boxer was out. And I had heard a few songs, but that's when I kind of fell in love with that band too. And I know we have gushed over that band together before. Kind of a dream though, I mean,
0: to have the National and the Arcade Fire. (sighs) Such a stage out at Starlight.
1: They uh, before that, when they played Starlight, they brought LCD sound system. So yes, pretty insane bills that uh, we were very fortunate to uh, get to witness. And I love Starlight; it's just yeah. one of the best places ever to see a show. Talking about that long
0: enough makes you long for and miss shows even more than we already. I ought. know,
1: I know. Yeah, and and one of my memories with uh, this show in particular was it's right before everyone was using GPS. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think they, the Garmin ones existed, but I don't think everyone had them on their phones. And my roommate at the time had a ticket to the show, but he, we both played on the same softball team. It was a team of 20-year-olds and 60-year-olds, so basically parents and kids. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he won't get mad at me for saying this, but they, they take it, still to this day, take it very seriously. And, or I guess until last year. I don't think they're playing right now. Sure. But he's like, dude, I can't go to the game. I, I can't go to the show. I got I got a softball game and I'm on the team. I'm like, dude, I'm going to arcade fire. There's no chance I'm missing this. Right. So he gave me his ticket and Eric Davis, who plays in the band with, with me and Hembry, our key, keyboardist, keyboardist and has a solo project, Palazzolo, he wants to go and I'm already there though. And I say, well, I've got the extra ticket, you just gotta get to Starlight. And We we lived in Lawrence at the time and we're way more familiar with Lawrence than Kansas City at that point in time. So I get there and it's getting to the point that like the techs are checking Wynn Butler's guitar and stuff and Eric's still not there. And he's like, dude, I'm so lost. I have no idea where I am. I'm I'm out by the zoo. I'm like, oh, you're close, you're close. (laughs) So he's driving around and driving around. He can't find it. He literally texts me and says, I'm giving up. I'm going to go home. What?
0: Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. So sorry, Eric. I'm, I'm giving away that you weren't the best with directions in 2011. So he's about to give up. and And then all of a sudden I get a text right as they walk on stage and he's like, I'm here. So I tell him to meet me at one of the main entrances and they start with the song month of may at least that's how i remember it uh, setlist fm could tell us if that's maybe first or second song but and uh i'm dead sprinting through the crowd because i don't want to miss the show i love this band i love the suburbs so i'm sprinting through the crowd and there's just like this moment where i knew the song so well and the band is just crushing it and the energy everyone's singing along or whatever and i'm sprinting like an action movie with a ticket in hand and and i just have such a fond memory of of just that whole experience where it right. felt I mean the suburbs that album already is pretty like anthemic especially that song and there was a moment where I just felt like maybe I'm in the Spike Jones music video and, <laughs> and uh, so that show is like I said it was a double whammy with uh, with the National and Arcade Fire and that was also the time where I'm really getting into playing in bands and I think it's probably about the time that I, I met you actually when you were yeah. in playing Quiet Corral yeah, I think we had just started it. And so those were our, those bands were our heroes. Um, I guess the National went on to be, you know, one one of my favorite bands at that point in time, they were new to me, which is crazy. Uh, but yeah, Arcade Fire was one of those bands, there's like everyone wanted to be Arcade Fire. We had six members, they had a million. So yeah, the era of put a 1000 people in your band. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't know. Win Butler is such a good songwriter. I still love that band. And, and it was just a real inspiring show for me. I think I was 19. I, I was younger then. <laughs> younger, yes. <laughs> and uh, I definitely just was in awe of that level of a show. It wasn't, you know, I told you there were some arena shows that I thought about putting on here. I thought about putting a Tom Petty show. It's one of my all time faves and stuff. I thought about putting an outcast show at Lollapalooza, kind of sneaking them in as the also pivotal moments in my life of seeing these amazing performances. But this one just resonated with me. It hit me at the exact right time, the right age. I'm like a freshman in college type of eye.
0: Well, we've been hanging out with Isaac Flynn of the band Hembry. We're on a Zoom chat. He's in LA and I'm in my dining room here in Kansas City. And uh, we're doing uh, our show this month of July featuring different musicians, having them pick the five concerts that changed their life. And number three on his list is the Arcade Fire, and we're going to hear from them in one
1: second. Oh, and this is the band that uh, everyone everyone saw at the jackpot.
0: Yes, that's the folklore of this. Is uh, for the people who were also at Radiohead at the bottleneck. They were also at the Arcade Fire show at the Jackpot Lounge.
1: Uh, there was. when Butler did leave a mark, though. Uh, he he stuck his guitar through the ceiling. Yeah and uh, they never fixed it (laughs) well so you picked out
0: the song that we're going to hear they closed with that night uh the song is sprawl two parentheses mountains beyond mountains did you pick this because you love confetti and there was probably confetti then
1: that was it (laughs) (laughs) regine was she crushed it the energy was amazing and yeah the confetti was going off and it just felt like a it was celebratory it taught me a lot about a live show and it truly felt like we all went on this journey with them and then there's this huge celebration at the end and right yeah what a great track too yeah it's a
0: good one so let's play it for everybody uh from isaac flinn's constant to change his life here's music from the arcade fire from the night of uh they played here in town uh april 20th 2011 from the encore that night sprawl 2 mountains beyond mountains music from Arcade Fire. The song is called Sprawl 2, Mountains Beyond Mountains, picked for us by this week's guest here on the 8160 on 90.9 The Bridge, Isaac Flynn of the band Hembry, joining us on a Zoom call from Los Angeles as we recount, retell, hear his stories about the five concerts that changed his life. Uh, Number one on his list was his parents playing at World of Fun back in 1996. Number two was Wilco at the Lawrence Art Center in 2008, and that was the Arcade Fire Uh, From their show, April 20th, 2011. Who's number four on your list, Isaac?
1: The number four show, and this one hits close to home, and uh, the band that I think you and I are just trying to reunite every day of our lives is Cowboy Indian Bear. It's their live old Die Young album release show at the again at the Lawrence Art Center. I think these are the only two concerts I've ever seen there. And they both made the list. So I guess if you want to have a show that that sticks out in someone's mind, it's the Lawrence Art Center. Uh this was 10 2013. And that was kind of a, an amazing experience where I was playing in a band. And we were quiet Corral, We were really tight with everyone in Cowboy and Embry. We still are, and, and himbry and everything. And and they reunited for our album release show last year. Yeah, that show was just super special because it was like a whole community of musicians coming together to be a part of it. And I got to play a few songs, but I, I picked it not because of playing in it, but actually just from observing and watching the cowboy folks put it all together, seeing um, just this community that they surrounded themselves with. And it was like, Taryn from Your Friend, Chris Brower, who's a drummer, played in a band called Rooms Without Windows. It was all the Cowboy Indian Bear crew, the guys from the Noise FM, who now play in Hembry drove in, surprised everyone from Chicago. And it just, there was like that camaraderie of like, wow, this is a, it's capturing a moment in time. And that record is amazing. and still holds up. And there's still, for me, one of those bands that I just think, they probably should have been huge. And we all in in the Kansas City, Lawrence area, we all know how great they are and and everyone knows that record so well. But uh, I think what's crazy is how well it's aged. I listened to most of it again last night after I picked this song. That song, or the whole record is just fantastic. And it's a testament to the talent in the the group. They're all so good. And uh, yeah, it was just another really special night. One of those nights you just don't forget of being able to be a part of such a cool music community and in the town I grew up in and I was still so young. So everything was still, uh, yeah, gigs, every gig, the whole backstage, everything, all that was just so fun and and new still. Well, last week on the show,
0: we were joined by guest Marty Hilliard, currently of the Project Ebony Tusks he was in cowboy indian bear and i believe we talked about your show uh that you guys they had a reunion show at the bottleneck and you guys were the uh on that bill as well and what a fabulous night of music that was for everyone
1: yeah that was a blast i mean anything with those people is going to be fun they're just all such incredible folks and yeah you you get to hanging with mart and it's just always a good time and and we're We're cooking up a little something behind the scenes, too, actually. Nice. Um, So, yeah, stay tuned. (laughs)
0: Last July on this show, we did a series during the month, and we talked about our favorite albums of the decade. And this album was one of my picks for one of my favorite records of the decade. Amazing. Uh, The album is called Live Old, Die Young. And you picked the song, maybe the longest song on the record. Does Anybody See You Out?
1: Uh, Why did you pick this song, and how hard was it to narrow it down? I picked this song. I think that CJ is such a good songwriter. And I just think this one showcases what a great writer he is and how the song is. It's very listenable and catchy and stuff, but it's complex and it's long and it goes into all these different places. And it's still, but it still reels you in the entire time. The vocals on it are fantastic. And I don't know. I got to play on this one. I just have always loved this song. There's some other great songs on this record. 17 is such a good song. Those Caitlin harmonies are so great. I'm just out here, you know, just trying to educate the world on Cowboy Indian Bear one day at a time. <laughs> I know you were pressing them to record something new. Oh, I would, I would chick- love
0: for that to happen. And uh, John Hart was on the show that week and he was pressing for
1: that too, like encouraging, please record something please anything. They're all so is- good and and I, I've shouted out every member at this point but Bo's an amazing drummer. That's the chemistry of a great band. I think everything was just they all work so well together and their voices yeah. sounded great. And They could all sing and oh man yeah I want a stranger's heart. That's a the song marty sings yeah yeah that's a great record should offer up some love to danny bower socks who was added to the band late yes.
0: him and his his wife just had a, a baby last week i believe i know so Love to Danny
1: them. too and and he was in the band for the the last ep which is a great ep too vetiver yeah yeah and and i think danny and cj produced it and danny mixed it and stuff yeah Yeah, just the best people that's kind of the the people that with everything going on you're like i wish we could all just sit down and kick it you know that sounds great
0: well let's get to some music from cowboy indian bear uh picked by isaac flynn of the band Hembry from one of the concerts that changed his life here's music from cowboy indian bear's amazing record called live old die young the song is called does anybody see you out music from cowboy indian bear the song was called does anybody see you out that band was picked by our guest this week here on the 8160 by isaac flynn of the band Hembry as one of the concerts that changed his life we've had his parents wilco arcade fire cowboy indian bear and who's your next pick isaac of a band that changed your
1: life i'm going with vampire weekend it's, my list is, is a pretty indie list very indie list it fits <laughs> in very well with our uh, rotation Thank you for Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. It's just uh, I just uh just picked the Bridge playlist and uh <laughs> saw who I'd seen from that list. But no, um I picked Vampire Weekend at Austin City Limits Festival. There were it was a tough call on my last show. There were a few shows and I'm peppering in some other influential shows, but there were a few concerts I saw like I saw um I saw Thundercat at uh at South by Southwest for like 14 people at this backyard party. And I had never seen someone just like rip the bass like that. There were a couple other shows that I was like, oh, maybe there are a few South by Southwest shows, which I know you've got a, a list, a multitude of South by Southwest shows that are real special and kind of yeah. crazy. But I went with this Vampire Weekend show because I, I still love this band. And I knew the band from their first two records, but I really fell in love with them on their third album. So this show, my wife Drew and I went down to ACL Festival, which is just such a cool experience to begin with the whole Is awesome, and they just blew my mind about the songwriting, the performance. And I think I just was at the point where I was, hey, Quiet Corral was ending, Hembree was not even a thing, uh, but I knew that I wanted to start writing songs. So I just kind of felt really inspired by seeing Ezra, the lead singer, his songwriting, and his. It's kind of funny because Rostam, the keyboards at the time, went out, has gone on to become such a huge producer and everything. Just for yeah. that
0: last time record that everybody. Yeah, knows. and I I love that record,
1: and uh, I saw they were on the list of crazy South by Southwest shows. Uh, Another backyard party. Yeah, this show just meant a ton to me because I was just starting to write songs and every song was amazing and the, the song structures were incredible and, and I just felt like, man, this is this is something that I want to do in terms of I want to be writing songs and I, I want to be able to play a festival and hopefully whatever I'm feeling, someone else will feel when we're playing. You know what I mean? How yeah. late
0: in the day? Were they headliner?
1: No, it was that perfect festival time, that 5, 6 p.m. or whatever, or maybe even towards going in towards the, the sunset type of thing and at least that's how I like to remember it (laughs) and yeah they just were cool I just it's cool too because I knew that band and it was kind of one of those things though where you go you see them on the bill and you're not even a huge fan of the band at that point in time oh I'm gonna go check this group out I like the songs I've heard I know the big hits I know A-Punk and all that and then they just blew me away, and like I said, every song was sweet. And then I, and then they just became one of my favorite bands. So I think that's why it stands out to me is because I've since that show followed along and been into everything they've done. And I really like their last record too. And I, I just think they seem like cool people too. I don't know them, but they seem cool.
0: Right. <laughs> You know, with um, the show there at Zilker Park, was that one of the main stages?
1: It was on one of the main stages. And coincidentally, the year before, Quiet Crawl had played that. I don't know. It's insane. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's the poster in the background. I guess the, the radio folks won't see this, but I have an ACL poster in the background. And uh, we were on the bill that year. It was played wild. Like a,
0: the BMI stage or something?
1: We were on the uh, the same stage as the Lumineers. And the uh, we were, you know some bridge listeners might remember, but uh, we were kind of like a folky band. So we were on the same stage as trampled by turtles and the lumineers and father John Misty. I don't know how we got on there, <laughs> but we were there. And then we had the time of our lives. And we, you can always tell the bands that are, that are newer and this isn't a total diss, but, um, and it's maybe a diss on us. The, the bands that that's a new experience go hang out and they get the VIP treatment for three days straight. We just were taking it for everything it was worth. <laughs> Why
0: not? Why not? Yeah,
1: yeah exactly. And that uh, the
0: first time to Austin City Limits
1: Music Festival. It was, yeah, in 2012. And then the next year I went back and saw Vampire Weekend. And actually we saw Garrett came down with Drew and me and Garrett we saw, and Henry as well. Yeah, yeah. And he's on my, uh, you mentioned as a, a reason why you won when you knew you wanted to play music and stuff. Yeah. And Garrett and I would jam together when we were like he was fourteen and I was twelve and we'd play Nirvana covers in my parents' basement. And that feeling, that kind of camaraderie and that that kind of just high you get from playing music, collaborating with someone. And it's real sweet because he's my bandmate still. But yeah, we just wanted to, I just knew, oh man, this is cool. I just want to do this. I just want to keep playing music. And So that was the moment that you decided this is what I'm going to do? Honestly, it's up there for me. Playing with my parents, playing with Garrett, and I think my band... Rocked like our junior high dance when I was in eighth grade. And there's just so much excitement around a show, something that you feel in the crowd and you feel when you're about to play. And I was just like, man, this is what I want to do. And I I think also my dad got Pro Tools when I was 14 and I got to use it as long as I recorded his stuff too. (laughs) I've probably talked about that on your show before, but and I just started having all my focus geared towards making music and i think there's a lot of people around my age who we did grow up with some sort of recording technology Mm -hmm. and just being able to record yourself and layer like okay i put these drums on that's me playing them and i played guitar on top of it and that's still you know it's cool it was cool to be able to hear yourself and experiment by playing on top of yourself and it was just a, a lot of that kind of that age 14 15 type of stuff where I lost interest in playing sports and all I wanted to do was either be playing a show or be recording and so that it's maybe not one specific moment like I said I kind of grew up around all of it but just almost was like there's no other option here
0: well that's that's a good it's a good first uh, first story of when you knew it was going to be the thing you wanted to do Nirvana comes in yeah. your basement.
1: Oh, and I was going to say, with the, just so I didn't lose the thought, was that Garrett came down to ACL with Drew and me, and we saw shouting matches, Justin Vernon's band. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And no one, there wasn't a huge crowd. No one knew really who shouting matches, like what that was all about, because it's kind of a blues rock band. And then there was one moment where he cut into falsetto, and everyone just freaks out, like, really? oh, it's Pony Bear. <laughs> That's awesome. These were all pretty pivotal shows for me, and they they stood out in my mind. Yeah, yeah, they're just, they just stand out in my memory as as really important nights in my life and musical experiences, as, as an important musical experience, too. So I don't know. It was tough to narrow them down. And <laughs> well, we're wrapping it up
0: this week's episode of the 8160 on 90.9 The Bridge. And we've been hanging out with our special guest joining us via Zoom from LA, Isaac Flynn of the Ben Hembry. He's been sharing with us stories and music from The Concerts That Changed His Life. His final pick for us is Vampire Weekend, again from Austin City Limits Music Festival from October 11th, 2013. But you picked the song Finger Back. Uh, Why did you pick this song?
1: Because they didn't play it live, apparently. (laughs) Chris just reminded me that they didn't play this song in the set. Uh, I fell in love with this album after and I just love this song. And it's just like quintessential Vampire Weekend to me. It's a little frantic and just got that like that intensity where it's it just it moves along at such a quick pace but I just love this song and for me it just kind of became a, a song that made me fall in love with this band I guess I didn't I didn't remember that I, I didn't remember that they didn't play it but uh, <laughs> but yeah I just love the song and it's funny I've heard the song on the bridge a couple times so whoever's sneaking these kind of deep cuts into the bridge play, <laughs> like, shout out to them I don't know if that's Sarah or John or whoever's doing that but that's
0: impressive well thanks for hanging out with us this week and uh someday hopefully not in the too distant future maybe you'll get a Kansas City gig back in and we'll be able to see Hembry playing here at the record bar or the Truman or something
1: that sounds wonderful yeah we miss we miss everybody and uh I've had an absolute blast hanging with you my friend can't wait yeah, to absolutely. to be able to hang hang in person safely sometime in the absolutely. future <laughs> We're gonna wrap up this week's
0: show uh hanging out with Isaac Flynn of the band Hembry. Uh, with music from The Vampire Weekend, one of his picks, as we've been recounting, retelling, and hearing the stories of the concerts that changed his life. Here is "Finger Back" by Vampire Weekend. Thanks for listening, everybody.